0: And welcome friends to the Generations broadcast Kevin Swanson with you. Adam McManus, our host on the worldview.com, The Worldview in five minutes, which we issue on every weekday. Please tune in if you can. Well, first, before we get into this piece on Jordan Peterson, he's on ice for his politically incorrect statements. But first, wow, the Democrats have really committed themselves to infanticide. I'm shocked that almost all of them, without exception, there's maybe one or two, have committed themselves to infanticide, to, to killing babies born alive. That's right. Like, just shocking. You would think there'd be more of a division when it comes to To the question of infanticide, wouldn't you, even among the Democrats?
1: Yes. I mean, this is not the Tip O'Neill Democrat Party at all, or Sam Nunn. Uh, January 11th, 433, Fox News' headline, 210 Democrats vote against a bill requiring medical care for babies born alive after a botched abortion. There were only two Democrats who did not vote for it. One Who voted no was Representative Henry Cuellar from San Antonio, Texas, and down to the border. The other Democrat was Representative Vicente Gonzalez, also of Texas, who voted present. The bill passed 220 to 210. It was called the Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act. Now, Kevin, for years, literally, Republicans, pro life Republicans, have been urging from the floor that former House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Would bring it up for an up or down vote. She always refused. Now it finally came up for a vote, and it thankfully passed. What it says is that any infant born alive after an attempted abortion is a quote legal person for all purposes under the laws of the United States end quote. Doctors would be required to care for those infants as a quote reasonably diligent and conscientious healthcare practitioner would render to any other child born alive end quote so this is a great step forward and it's another reason why christians wanted to see a republican majority in the house to get this bill passed sadly the democrat controlled senate will block it will not pass it because they have become the party of death what would have been fantastic is if the american people had recognized the importance of the sanctity of life put in super majorities in both the House and the Senate, so even with Joe Biden as president, they could have overridden his expected veto. Tragically, for the sake of the unborn babies, the American people did not vote in a Republican majority in the Senate, much less a super Republican majority in either chamber. We got the Republican majority in the House by the hair of our chinny-chin-chin at least we have some bit of good news here.
0: At the very least, this is a symbolic move. Symbolic to who? Symbolic for everybody in the future who will look back at these, some of the most wicked people who ever lived, who stood up and said, we kill babies born alive. This, my friends, will live to infamy. This this will be for the... Future, as long as the world exists, people will look back at this era and discover the Democratic Party were some of the most evil people who had ever lived in the history of mankind. And they will look back and see the sheer evil of these folks who voted to uh, to slaughter babies or to allow babies to die who are born alive. And on Judgment Day, of course, these folks will stand before Jesus, the Judge of the Universe. And they they will be called to account for what they did uh, for this particular vote, and of course all of the other votes that have come to the front in just the last number of years uh, to support things like sexual perversions, the slaughter of the innocents, et cetera, et cetera. These will be the the votes that will live unto infamy.
1: I agree. Listen to two quick quotes before we move on to Peterson. Number one, House Minority Leader. Hakeem Jeffries of New York accused Republicans of bringing up this Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act as, quote, a part of your march to criminalize abortion care, to impose a nationwide ban, to set into motion government-mandated pregnancies, end quote. And then Representative Suzanne Bonamici of Oregon cast the bill as an attempt to ban abortion and said it is, quote, extremist dangerous, and unnecessary,
0: end quote. Well, the bill is only holding these Democrats to a position of consistency. Uh, Basically, it's pressing them to an epistemological uh, self-consistency or a, an epistemological self-consciousness concerning the sheer evil position that they hold to, uh, whether it be to kill the baby inside the womb or outside the womb, We're finding that those who are committed to killing the baby inside the womb are also, at the same time, self-consistent on this issue, on killing babies outside the womb as well. And so I think it's an attempt to draw the line and to press the consciences of leaders and the rest of the nation on this issue. Be back with more in just a moment, friends, on The Generations broadcast You know, busyness has a way of creeping into our lives. As dads, it can leave us longing for moments of one-on-one time with our sons to simply talk, and those moments can be tough to come by. I get it. That's one of our top goals for our annual summer father-son retreat in the Colorado Mountains, to provide quality time for you to connect with your son. Can you think of anything more important for your schedule next year? If you are looking for an opportunity to bond, to really bond with your son, then join me, Kevin Swanson and hundreds of other fathers and sons from across the country next August. But be sure to register soon because we max out the camp every year and we're already filling up. Go to ColoradoFatherson.com today and choose one of the two weekends available before they are full. Lord willing, I will be there and it will be a great opportunity to meet you and your son. This is your chance to secure the lowest price for this event. So go to ColoradoFatherson.com and register today. And we're back on Generations. This is Kevin Swanson, Adam McManus as well. Jordan Peterson is in hot water. He's about to lose his license to practice as a psychologist, I guess, in the nation of Canada. Wall Street Journal editorial board has issued a rebuke to the College of Psychologists for Ontario for their threats to pull Jordan Peterson's license over social media posts. We covered this on Tuesday's The World View. The college is requiring the rogue psychologist res- registers more than 15 million followers Submit to mandatory social media communication retraining. That sounds kind of 1984 or ish doesn't it? Uh, Peterson has not towed the line on certain things. Um, he refuses the re-education. He says, I will definitely face further exceptionally public, demanding, time-consuming, expensive disciplinary action, including the suspension of my license. That's what he's up for. He's in trouble for a, a number of tweets. He got in trouble because, well, he tweeted. He's a bad guy. I guess that's off limits for a psychologist in Canada.
1: You're not, you're not allowed to have an opinion. On December 31st, 2021, Peterson retweeted a comment by American conservative commentator Ben Shapiro, who had posted several statements regarding COVID-19 and government restrictions. Peterson added his own comments calling for an end to the lockdowns, an end to mask mandates, and allowing people to get on with their lives, uh,
0: I'm tr- I'm struggling. I'm struggling. Yeah how how is that a violation of woke law? How is that a violation of Canadian law? How is that a violation of the psychological department of the University of wherever? Uh,
1: apparently, if you don't toe the politically correct line, you're in violation. And then on January 24th, 2022, Peterson retweeted the comment made by a conservative member of Parliament, now party leader Pierre. Poliver if I'm pronouncing that right, and like Shapiro, this uh, conservative member of parliament called for an end to the mandates. Something Peterson agreed with, and then saying people should be able to get on with their lives for a second time. You referenced it in passing. 15 million people on social media following him. Just a quick breakdown. I mean, his his influence is very substantial. He has 350 thousand followers on TikTok. A million three hundred thousand on Facebook, two million on Twitter. His Jordan Peterson podcast with over a hundred episodes has attracted a million listeners per episode with fifty five million downloads. kevin, those are those are numbers you and I would drool over.
0: that's That's well beyond what we do, yeah yeah, oh, slightly yeah, by, by by four or five orders of magnitude. Um, he also had a conversation, I guess, online on human population levels. Didn't think that the planet was overpopulated. Some guy named Roger responded they disagreed and that human population levels were leading to a loss of species and the damaging of the planet. And Peterson had a one line response to that you're free to leave at any point. And he's in. Not the thread. Right. But the right, planet. Not the thread, the planet. Right. And he, um, he's being accused of encouraging suicide. Well, it was called humor. I don't know what happened to humor in Canada, but, you know, he also referred to pride as a sin. This is this is one that was really problematic for the wokists at his college of psychiatry. Uh, He referred to pride as a sin, which, yeah, he says, I thought pride was a sin. You know, I'm sure speaking of gay pride. Right. And then he commented on the horror of body mangling gender surgeries. And you know what I'm talking about. They're, they're grotesque. I, we don't want to describe them on the air. But you know, he was interacting with some of this transgender surgery stuff, and he 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 was horrified by it, just horrified. And I, I, I he's you know, he's right. I don't think he should be punished for good humor, a well placed joke. I, I don't think that's a reason to submit a man to you know losing his job and losing his credentials and. Uh, effectively, you know, get put into woke jail for the rest of his life. I, I don't think that's right. I think what's happening with Jordan Peterson is Jordan Peterson is seeing the utter insanity of the modern mind, modern psychology, modern institutions that have abandoned God and his truth entirely, me- meaning that Canadian institutions, American institutions, Western institutions are institutions that have turn themselves into all out insanity in their quest to offend God at every single point. And this is the apostate age. This is the post-Christian apostate that is so crazy and so insane in their hatred of God that they have turned irrational. They have turned utterly insane. And there's somebody within the insane asylum Called the world or the world's institutions, saying there's something wrong with this. this. This this is an insane asylum of some sort. Are we living in an insane asylum? See, that's what he's saying. He's a rational person in an irrational institution, an irrational world. Saying, have we gone utterly bonkers? Have we gone insane? Is that what happened to? Us, this entire society has gone insane. And that's what he's saying is the little guy in the emperor's new clothes saying there's something very wrong with this. Jordan Peterson,
1: to his credit, wrote a great op-ed piece at the National Post, which you cited in your worldview newscast. It's entitled, I will risk my license to escape social media reeducation. The Ontario College of Psychologists wants to retrain him to behave properly, and it should concern everyone. I mean, this is like something out of communist China and their camps, or even Nazi Germany for that matter. This is a man who's saying he's not going to sit down, he's not going to shut up, and he's willing to risk his reputation, his license, his ability to practice what he loves, that psychology in a professional setting because he will not have his freedom of speech curtailed.
0: Before we're done with this, I want to add one more facet to this discussion, and that is whether or not he retains his license to practice psychology is to me something of an intramural quarrel among those of the wrong religion. As I see it, psychology itself is a godless religion. It's a wrong worldview. It has a wrong perspective concerning God, concerning the nature of man, concerning the nature of salvation. Concerning the purpose of life, all of that. In fact, I did a search for the purpose of life on Psychology Today and found out that there is no purpose. We're just cosmic dust. The purpose of life is to evolve and to keep evolving. Okay, that was the assessment made by Psychology Today. Okay, so that's the wrong religion. That's completely wrong. It's a wrong worldview, wrong religion. And a Hindu priest guild, jettisoning a Hindu priest, I usually don't get involved with those sorts of things, you know. Um, but please understand, friends, psychology is, humanistic psychology, is relatively new for modern man. And it's, it hasn't helped. It hasn't worked. The rate of drug overdose despair deaths per 100,000 people in the United States has increased a thousandfold since the 1950s. Okay. That's called a total failure. Overall rates of despair deaths increased 14 per 100,000 to 50 per 100,000 between 1950 and 2020. Yet there are 281,000 mental health counselors working in the United States today. 281,000 mental health counselors. You know how many mental health counselors there were working in the United States in 1890? Zero. Okay, so 281,000 mental health counselors are out there trying to somehow bring drug overdose despair deaths down. It's increased a thousand fold since the 1950s between 1991 and 2017, the medical administration of opioids increased from 76 million to 259 million legal prescriptions per year, amounting to almost two prescriptions for every adult in America per capita use of legally dispensed drugs increased 50 fold between 1980 and 2020. So friends, worldviews matter. Worldly psychologists, They base their methods and purported solutions on the wrong worldview. Wrongly held premises lead to wrong conclusions in that business. Freudians, for example, believe that man is an animal and deterministic world and his problems come from internal mental mechanisms that he might come to understand but cannot avoid. Skinner, Pavlov, likewise find man subjected to an external world of environmental forces that determine his behavior. It's called determinism. These are big worldview assumptions that man and his behavior subjected to biochemical environmental forces beyond his control. This worldview is supposed to relieve man of guilt and moral responsibility before God. See, it's just wrong, just wrong, totally wrong. Carl Rogers, on the other hand, puts the individual in the driver's seat. Man is in control of his own destiny. Just needs to be reminded of that. That's Carl Rogers' point. Just keep telling him, you're in control, you're in control, you're in control. He must identify his own standard of good, determine for himself what is achievable, and then keep reminding himself that he can do it, he can do it, he can do it. It's the power of positive thinking. Rogers would err more on the side of man realizing his own godness than like Freud and Skinner, where man must realize he's an animal, hopelessly subject to material forces in the universe. All right. So that's just the wrong worldview, wrong view of metaphysics, wrong view of God, of man, of everything. So now there's therapy or treatment that comes about as an outflow of these worldviews. And, of course, the therapy is bad. All right. So now as a Christian worldview, we take a completely different view of this. We say there's God. We have violated God's law. That's produced guilt. And then all the psychoses and neuroses that come from that. Suppose that some fellow named Jack climbs a beanstalk. Okay. You're probably familiar with the story, but (laughs) I've got my own version of it. Okay. 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 I figured you did. Yeah. So Jack climbs this beanstalk, discovers a very large castle. The castle yard extends a thousand miles in each direction And the castle itself is miles in circumference. He supposes that a very powerful king must occupy and rule within this expansive castle. But then Jack does a very foolish thing. Jack pulls out a can of black spray paint and scrawls stupid king all over the castle walls. Oh, no. Yeah, big mistake for Jack. Jack has acknowledged the king's existence, but at the same time, he's gone out of his way to offend the king. For the rest of his life, then, Jack must live under the condemnation brought upon himself by his foolish action. he loudly insists to all his friends that the king does not exist, but the heavy pall of his offenses. The king's disapprobation is all-consuming in every part of his thinking and action. That's the way it is with man. Based upon his presuppositional position in relation to the existence of God, his holiness, his judgments, and the seriousness with which he addresses sin, the Christian counselor must assume the all-dominating nature of guilt upon fallen man. No small matter here. It's very much the elephant in the counseling room. To interpret man's thinking and behavior, <laughs> apart from this reality of guilt, is to completely miss everything about man's psychological problems.
1: Wait a minute. The elephant in the counseling room. I love that. That's right. It's
0: guilt. <laughs> exactly. All right. Then we could go on and on. I could give you other differences between Christian counseling and uh, and humanistic counseling, humanistic psychology, and a Christian view of man. But, uh, but you're going to get it in my new book. This is just... A a short taste, a little segment of my new book called Worldview. What we believe, what they believe, and why they are wrong. Okay, so that book's coming out hopefully within about a month or two. And I just want to put a little plug for it right now on this cast. All right, my friends. Well, that wraps up this edition of the Generations Broadcast. Uh, You've been listening to the Generations Radio Broadcast with Kevin Swanson and Adam McManus. If you'd like to interact with the program at any point, friends, Just email me questions, comments, things we need to talk about, and our email address is host at generations.org. That's host at generations.org. This is Kevin Swanson inviting you back again next time as we continue to lay down a vision for the next generation.